God, our loving Father, we thank and praise you for this beautiful evening. God, we thank you because you brought us together to experience your presence in our midst in each one's life. Loving God, we know you have said where two or three have gathered in your precious name, there you are in their midst. Help us to realize the presence of your spirit amidst us so that we have come to participate in this prayer service and to know more about your eternal love manifested to us through the Paschal mystery. May you open our hearts and minds to the guidance of the Spirit and experience total renewal and transformation within in order that we may bear witness to your everlasting mercy and compassion. Be with us, Lord, and guide us. Amen. My dear brothers and sisters, we are in the season of Lent. We know how important this holy season is. This season is called the spring season, the season of transformation, the season of renewal, the season of union, the season of conversion, and the season of celebration. Now we're almost coming towards the end of this holy season of Lent, and we're going to have three Sundays, three P Sundays. Coming Sunday is Passion Sunday, followed by Palm Sunday, and then Paschal Sunday. And we know after the Palm Sunday, when Jesus triumphantly entered into the promised Jerusalem and starts his um, passion. And Holy Week invites us to participate and enter into the Paschal mystery, and very specially the Triduum, Holy Thursday or Monday Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday. These three days lead to the celebration of Easter or the Paschal festival. This evening I'm going to share with you the importance of Monday Thursday. First of all, we should understand the word Monday Thursday. It comes from the French word mande or the Latin word mandatum, mandatum, English word mandate. So Lord Jesus Christ gave the greatest commandment, mandatum novum do obis, mandatum, commandment, novum, new, do, I will, obis to you. I will give you a new commandment. On Monday, Thursday, our last supper, Jesus Christ, when he was celebrating the Passover, with his disciples having that meal before his passion, and he gave them the greatest commandment of love. Love one another as I have loved you. That's what mandatum, the commandment. And Monday, Thursday, my dear friends, people, they call this day with different names. It is called mandatum, Monday, Thursday, Holy Thursday, Passion Thursday, Paschal Thursday, Great Thursday, 
and they give different names. Names are, names are immaterial. But the significance of this feast, on Monday, Thursday, there are two important liturgies. In the morning, or sometimes it's in the morning, they celebrate the Mass of the Chrism. And the bishop of the diocese, along with the priests, religious and lay faithful, he blesses the holy oils. And three oils are blessed. Chrism. Chrism is not blessed, consecrated. And chrism is used for the sacraments of baptism, confirmation, and holy orders. And the oil of catechumens used for baptism. And the oil of the anointing of the sick. And th these two oils, namely the oil of catechumens and the oil of sick, is blessed with simple prayers. But the chrism is consecrated. And when the bishop blesses the chrism, use olive oil and balsam. Balsam is a scented resin. And it is mixed into the olive oil and is stirred and mixed and we get nice aroma. Scent. What does it mean? Christian life should be fragrant-filled life because we come into contact with God's eternal love and we come into contact with God's everlasting mercy and compassion and that order of sanctity ought to be given to people through our exemplary lives. That's why it is done. Then when the holy oils are blessed and the priests, those who are present there, they take the holy oils to their respective parishes and they use them throughout the year. And very specially, the oil of catechumens and the chrism, they use it Holy Saturday night when they baptize or when they confirm the people, the candidates. And chrism also used anointing of the you know, holy order priests and bishop. Holy orders. On that day, the priests who are present there, they celebrate their priesthood along with the bishop who enjoys the fullness of priesthood. In order to consecrate their lives, in order to promise God that they will continue his mission until the end of time through the committed service, they renew their priestly promises. And the people, those are present in some places, they also renew the baptismal promises. On that day, they once again pledge their obedience to the local ordinary, the bishop. The Christmas Mass is, as I said, normally is to be celebrated on Monday, Thursday in the morning. But due to the priest's um, you know, engagement in the parishes and their involvement in the other liturgical programs and preparation for the Holy Week, these days, the Christmas Mass is anticipated during the Holy Week or the previous week as well. So in our Archdiocese, the Chrism Mass will be celebrated on the 11th of April. This is about the Chrism Mass. So in the evening, it is a Mass of the Last Supper or the Lord's Supper. Now here we need to pay attention, my dear brothers and sisters. 
You know, in the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they give us the historical event of the institution of the Most Holy Eucharist. Our Lord Jesus Christ, Christ took bread and gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples. Likewise, he took wine and gave thanks to the Father, and he gave and the cup to the disciples and asked them to drink. In the words of consecration, the three synoptic gospels, words vary. And not only that, sometimes the placement of, first in Luke's gospel, Jesus Christ gave wine, then afterwards bread, again he gave wine. And St. Paul, in his letter to Corinthians, 11th chapter, he also narrates the establishment of or institution of the most holy Eucharist. And for your information, my dear friends, Paul was the first one to record the So, my dear friends, Jesus Christ celebrated, my dear friends, Jesus Christ celebrated the Last Supper with his disciples. And some, they say, it is uh, more or less the Passover celebration. And some people say, nothing to do with the Passover. And Jesus Christ celebrated the Last Supper with the disciples uh, with a difference. I'll explain this to you. First of all, how the Passover was celebrated. The Passover, Peshach they call it, or Pasch, you know, in the Old Testament, when God sent Moses to Pharaoh to redeem his people, and Pharaoh persecuted the chosen people. He made them to work very hard. So they pleaded with God. Redeem us. Take us away from this slavery so that we can go to the promised land. And God sent Moses to Pharaoh and said, send forth my people from here so that they can serve me. Send forth my people from here so that they can serve me in the promised land. And Pharaoh initially promised, but he went back on his words. Therefore, God punished Pharaoh and all those who persecuted the chosen people with 10 devastating plagues. And the last one was killing the firstborn. And the chosen people were saved because of the blood of the lamb. They put that symbol or blood, smeared the blood on the doorpost and the angel of death passed by and whenever they saw, wherever it saw the blood mark, they passed by, that is called Passover, Pesach or Pasch. And Pharaoh got frightened and the chosen people, they were let free and they crossed the Red Sea, they came to the promised land. So in order to celebrate this, they made it a point to have the celebration for eight days especially in the Hebrew month of Nisan. Two days, very important, other two days also. So the last two days, commemoration of passing through the Red Sea. In between four days, not very important. But whenever they celebrated the Passover, it was filled with rituals. 
filled with the rituals. And what were the rituals? The, the first and foremost, my dear friends, very interesting for us to know, no chemists or chemists, whatever the pronunciation of you pronounce it. That means to look for the leavened bread. So before the Passover, they were searching for the leavened bread at home, whatever made out of wheat, cereal, pasta, or even made you know processed food. They used to look for that and collect them, take them out and burn the all leavened stuff. Nothing, no leavened stuff should be in that place. So that was the ritual. Everyone was looking for that and they collected them and they disposed them off. If they wanted to get back, they used to sell to a non-Jew. A non-Jew used to pay money for that and he will be keeping that stuff. After the Passover, everything, the festivity over, they go back and redeem their leavened bread or pasta, whatever they collected, yes. And matzah, they were eating unleavened bread, unleavened bread. Then they had the seder meal also together. The next is called Haggadah. Haggadah means now narration of the people's redemption from the slavery to the promised land, Haggadah. How it was done? Very interesting. As I told you, my dear friends, first of all, eating matzah, leavened bread, and eating bitter herbs dipped in salt water, drinking four cups of wine at different intervals, and they were singing halil, praising God through songs, psalms, and Haggadah. At the celebration, during the celebration, I think they had 15 traditions, so-called, you know, rituals. It varied from uh, different places, but these four were very, very important. During the celebration, the youngest in the family is to ask the seder leader, they call patriarch, the senior most, ask this question. Grandpa, or whatever they they addressed in their language. Why this night, the celebration is, Passover is different from other nights? Why this night's celebration, Passover meal, is different from other Passover meal? And the seder leader is to ask that little boy, what changes have you noticed in today's uh, Passover meal? was asking that question. And the little one is to say, there are four differences that I find in today's Passover meal. Four differences. Then again, the senior most will ask that young, the little boy, what are those changes? And the little boy was telling the senior most, used to tell the senior most, on other nights, on other nights, we were allowed to eat bread or matzah. That is either leavened or unleavened bread. But tonight we are asked to eat only matzah or unleavened bread. Why? The second question. Other nights we were allowed to eat vegetables and herbs. But 
tonight we are asked to eat only herbs. Why? And the third, other nights we were eating vegetables without dipping in salt water. Why tonight we are called, we are asked to dip vegetables in salt water? And our fourth question, on other nights we were eating sitting upright. Why on this night or tonight we are allowed to eat reclining? What is the reason? See, now the senior most or the senior leader will start the narration. How their ancestors were they? It's called Haggadah narration. How they were in slavery. How they complained to God. How they asked God for his assistance and mercy. And how God chose Moses and sent to Pharaoh and how he fought with Pharaoh, and what was the reaction of Pharaoh, and who promised to send the chosen people along with him to the promised land, why he retracted his uh, no promise, and how God punished. So the whole narration was uh, narrated, the history was narrated to the members of the family, and in between, they used to have, they used to sing, hallel, they used to sing psalms, and they used to drink wine, and they used to dip the you know, vegetable in salt water or a kind of a paste also, made out of nuts. Why? Very interesting. Why they dipped vegetable or matzah bread in the salt water? To commemorate the tears of the chosen people when they were in, you know, in Egypt. Dip in that. And why they dipped in that paste made of nuts to remind themselves of the bricks that they made with the cement. Yes. Why unleavened bread? Because they did not have time to make that bread rise. There was no. And they were wearing sandals and standing because they are pilgrims. They were sojourning. They were traveling to the promised land. There was no time. So they had it in a hurry and they went. So they used to narrate the whole episode. And afterwards, that ended with a nice celebration. And after that, maybe after it, whenever they wanted any change, they also roasted lamb to give them a festive significance for the celebration. This is about their Passover in a gist, my dear friends. Other scholars, they may interpret it differently, but we know for a fact four segments or aspects of the Passover. One is eating matzah, that is unleavened bread. And second one is, my dear friends, eating vegetable, dipping in the salt water. And the third one, drinking four cups of uh, wine and singing psalms. And the fourth one is Haggadah, and that is narration of the history of so salvation. Okay. Now, blessed Lord, when he had the last supper, my dear friends, he was pained. You know, the 12 disciples, they were seated, and he's going to have the meal 
before his death for the last time with the disciples. And he said, one of you is going to betray me. And he knew who he was. He never mentioned the name. One of you is going to betray. And he also foretold about Peter's denial. And he said, I will be with you. I will die with you. Peter, you will deny me thrice before the cock crows thrice. And Jesus Christ took bread and he gave thanks and broke it. This is my body which is given up for you. And he took the cup and he gave thanks and blessed it and said, take this cup, drink from this cup because it's the cup of the new covenant. So Jesus Christ, by pouring out his blood, my dear friends, he established unconditional bonding, a new covenant with himself and with the whole humanity. And he said, do this in memory of me. He instituted the sacrament of priesthood. Priesthood. Only St. John narrates about the washing of the feet. Washing of the feet. So some scholars, they interpret it differently. When Jesus Christ said, do this in memory of me, some said, what Jesus did, washing of the feet, Jesus wanted that to continue. Do this in memory of me. Some other scholars they say, Jesus Christ instituted the Holy Eucharist, that he wanted to continue. But both these two justice of Jesus communicate to us the eternal love of God. Here we see, I came to this world not to be served, but to serve. And he washed the feet of his disciples. And Peter said, no, don't touch my feet. Don't wash me. I'm not worthy. If I don't wash your feet, you don't have any part, any share in, with me or in my glory. In that case, he said, okay, bathe me, whole person. So, my dear friends, I would like to highlight three aspects of the Lord's Supper on Monday Thursday. The first and foremost, Jesus Christ called the disciples together and he had the celebration, the Last Supper. Celebration of the community. Today, what is happening in our churches? We go for Mass. We listen to God's word. We participate in the Holy Eucharist and receive communion. But we don't have that uh, ecclesial dimension of the most holy Eucharist. And Jesus Christ wanted that unity by all means. That's why he sacrificed his life and strengthened that covenant with his own blood. And when we are at the Eucharist, we sing and praise God. We say that we belong to one family and we glorify God and we say we are brothers and sisters. But when we come out of the church, how do we live? You know, dissension, division, disunity based on language, caste, right, color. What a contradiction, my dear brothers and sisters. Holy Eucharist is a symbol of unity. 
Many grains of wheat are crushed and made into one bread. And we partake in the same banquet as one family. If we don't live as one community, where is the meaning or significance of the Holy Eucharist? It becomes just a ritual. Likewise, a cup of wine. Many grapes are crushed and made into one cup of wine. And when we drink, when we participate in this meal, or when drink the blood of Jesus Christ, we need to have the Christian bonding. But we don't have that. Therefore, especially on Monday Thursday, when our blessed Lord instituted the most holy Eucharist, let us joyfully receive the Lord into our lives. And let us also very convincingly tell the world, as St. Paul tells us in his letter to Galatians 2nd chapter 20th verse, Galatians 2nd chapter 20th verse, I live, not I, but Christ lives in me. Yes, that is the difference of the meal that we are going to. When we eat chapati, when we eat vegetables, when we eat meat, those stuff become part and parcel of ourselves. Whereas when we receive our blessed Lord, he is not going to become like us, one of us. On the other end, we become more like him day after day. That's why we are called Christians. That's why we are called Christians. When the world sees a Christian, the world recognizes the presence of Christ in that person. And therefore, our thoughts, our words, our actions should reflect the very person of our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you were to promise our Lord tonight at the celebration of the Last Supper, Lord, I surrender myself to you, and as you wished, I would like to be united unto you and with one another. Now that would help me, Lord, to glorify you now and forever. The most significance of the most holy Eucharist. And the second point I like to tell you, my dear friends, is the spirit of service. Spirit of service. You know, in Hinduism, they've got four ways to reach God or Bhagavan to attain Swarg or Moksha. The first one is Jnana Marg. Jnana Marg. Second is Bhakti Marg. The third one is Raja Marg. Rajas, Raja Marg. And the fourth one is Karma Marg. Jnana Marg is maybe the Greek uh, word origin. Gnosis means knowledge. Through knowledge, we know more about God and we sanctify ourselves and we are united unto God. Second one is Bhakti Marg. Through our rituals, through our union, we are united unto God and we are related to God. Third one is Rajas. Rajas means senses. By controlling our senses, we purify, we chastise ourselves, and we give ourselves totally to God, and we become spiritual persons. And the fourth one is Karma Marg, through action. Yes. Our Lord said, all those who say, Lord, Lord, will never enter into the kingdom of heaven. Those who serve, we will attain the eternal glory. Lord Jesus Christ said, I came to this world not to be served, but to serve. So service is the hallmark of a Christian, an ordained minister. Without service, there is no spirituality. Without service, 
there is no spiritual growth. Without service, there is no meaning for our existence on earth. See, our only you know, means, Mother Teresa is to say, I am only a means of charity. God helps directly. All that I receive, I just give to others. So my dear brothers and sisters, we need to promise God tonight, God make me your servants. We sing you know, many times, make me a servant, make me a servant. Not only by lips, my dear friends, let us show that in action. Let us serve one another. And only through our service, we show that we are Christ's disciples. By your love, the world will know that you are my disciples. Not by your names. By your love, the world will know that you are my disciples. Therefore, let us serve one another. And the third one is, my dear friends, to be a Christian, we need to participate in Christ's passion. There is no crown without cross. There is no glory without suffering. There is no redemption without passion. Therefore, we Christians were called to suffer. Sometimes people, they ask, why me, Lord? Why it happened to me? Why this, um, you know, defeat or failure came into my life? Why this sickness? Why the death? We, my dear brothers and sisters, when we know that we are called to suffer in order that we may enjoy glory with the Lord. If you know this reality, this fact of suffering leads to glory, without which there is no meaning for our Christian life at all. Therefore, on Monday, Thursday, Christ's passion, suffering started. When, we fo when he foretold that um, one of them would betray, the other person would deny that was uh, the greatest pain. Sometimes you say, you know, if others, they do it, uh, I would accept it. But uh, you did it. This reminds me of a story. Two friends were there. They are very intimate friends. And one of them was falsely accused. And the punishment was, uh, he was tied to a pole, and people, they were asked to throw stone at him, stones at him. So many people, they came in a line, and they pelted stones at this man. And his friend also happened to be there. Because there was no other option. They were called to throw stones at the culprit. So he thought, oh my God, he's my friend. How can I throw a stone at him? So he took a flower, a flower in the hand. And when his turn came, he took the flower and threw at him. Of course, it did not hurt. Then the punishment was over. Then his friend met him and said, you know, everyone was throwing stones at you. And being my friend, I didn't want to throw stone at you. Therefore, I threw a flower at you. And for that, he replied, my dear friend, when others threw stones, it didn't hurt me much. You, knowing fully well that I, I am innocent, you threw flower at me. And that hurt, that hurt me more than people's throwing stones at me, he said. That is what is going to hurt. Jesus Christ, you know, I have given my life. I have sacrificed my life for you. And you are giving this reward? You are crucifying me? 
That's why on Good Friday, when the, the, we are venerating the crucifix, we sing that, why did you do this? What harm I did it to you? Beautiful, you know, the song we recite or sing. Therefore, my dear friends, uh, passion, suffering is the hallmark of a Christian. And Jesus Christ said, if you want to be my disciples, take up your cross and follow me. Therefore, we need to accept the cross of Christ and follow with him intimately. So, Monday, Thursday, my dear friends, it reminds us of Christ's everlasting mercy and compassion and anticipates our glory of being with the Lord through the sacrament of the priesthood and Holy Eucharist. And Holy Eucharist also gives us strength and courage to bear witness or bear patiently all our sufferings. So let us keep these thoughts in our minds as we celebrate the Monday Thursday. Let us pray for our dear priests that they may renew their commitment for the service of, for the glory of God and for the service of our brothers and sisters. Let us also pray for all of us that we may cultivate spiritual devotion towards the Blessed Sacrament and live unified and communal-centered, community-centered Christian life. By our love, the world will know that we are disciples. Let us also ask God to give us strength and courage so that we bear patiently our sufferings, believing that our sufferings will definitely bring in salvation and glory to each and every one of us. Amen. Okay, you can turn it off, then it is not going to do that. Can uh, you ask any question now? It is not uh, going to be recorded. We are going to edit it later with uh, some visuals at a later stage. But I just want to spend some time with you. First of all, uh, um, hope you understood what I just shared with you. Anything else you'd like to make difference? Would like to ask any question? Since it's a prayer service. Or any suggestion to develop our prayer group or prayer groups in other um, uh, parishes? Feel free. You mentioned about Father, uh, you know, the, uh, David Regan. Yes, I met him. I met him at the ICP. I think he came for uh, some celebration. I met him. This is a committee. I think he's a capuchin, right? He's a capuchin. Okay. So, any question you'd like to ask my dear friends? Come on. Regarding Monday Thursday or uh, Holy Week or in doubt. Please, sign dear man, I'll give my blessing. Come, come. It will, come, come. Short prayer, come. After this, you want to stay back. Be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, our loving Father, we thank and praise you for this beautiful evening. We thank you for having called us to experience your presence in our midst. As we have reflected upon the institution of the Most Holy Eucharist and also the priesthood, celebration of the Passover and the Last Supper, help us to understand the greatness of the Most Holy Eucharist and the sanctity of the priesthood. We also participate in the common priesthood of Jesus Christ and also ministerial priesthood for those who have been ordained to serve the community. Tonight we pray for each one of us, pray for all our brothers and sisters, members of our families, that we may experience your presence within us and experience spiritual 
and uh, physical healing in our lives. We pray for the organizers who take trouble every week to organize this beautiful prayer meeting. Reward them a hundredfold for their sacrifice. Loving God, we pray for our parish community that this community may prepare itself well for the celebration of the Paschal mystery in this parish. At this moment, Lord, we also pray for the repose of the soul of late Father Joseph Abraham, who motivated, who gave us all encouragement to have this prayer meeting, who did by his presence and preaching grant him eternal rest and also eternal rest to all the departed members of our families. Once again, we thank and praise you for your presence. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. The Lord be with you. May the blessings of Almighty God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit sit upon you, remain with you now and forever. Amen.